This is Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 639. And the quote of the day is, if you're not making someone else's life better, you're wasting your time. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here, episode 639, and this is one that I pulled from the archive, and I released this episode on June 15th of 2015, and this is with the great Benny Greb, and at the time, he had just released this DVD called The Art and Science of Groove, and it is, in my opinion, the best drumming DVD that was ever made. There's, I know that's a bold statement, but let me explain. It, it's not a DVD that has a bunch of notes and there's no, uh, there's no music to go along with it or anything or written music. I, I should say it's a concept DVD. It's, it talks about conceptually how to groove better. And he, he talks about it in five different areas that, that I'll let him talk about so eloquently in this episode. And I remember getting this DVD. I watched it three times on my honeymoon, like on the way back from my honeymoon. And we had a long flight coming from uh, from Asia. And I watched it three times and I was like, this thing is amazing. And I refer to it all the time. I go back to it a lot and read it and was just thinking yesterday, man, I should really re-release this episode because there's so much information in this episode about Groove. And then if you want to take it to the next level, then you can obviously grab the DVD as well. But Benny does a great job at explaining everything, but particularly in this episode about Groove. And this is a different kind of episode because we only talk about one topic this whole time. We just talk about the art and science of Groove. So a really great episode that, like I said, I refer back to the DVD a lot and I refer back to the concepts that he talks about in this episode. So it's been what, you know, seven years since this thing has come out or six years since it, since it was released. So I thought it'd be a good time to bring it back up to the top. So I really hope that you enjoy it. Let's get into it with the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Benny Greb. Benny, what's happening, man? Thank you so much for doing this. This is round two of, uh, of you being on the podcast, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on again. Absolutely. And you're only the second person that's ever been on here twice. It was you and, uh, and uh, Lil John Roberts. So, Oh, wow. I feel honored. <laughs> you should. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I, I'm, I'm the honored one, man. I really do appreciate it. And the reason why we're here today is to talk about your new DVD. And I was just telling you uh, off air that I've already watched the DVD three times on some, on some flights. And you did an amazing job to really explain the D, the name of the DVD is the art and science of groove, but you, you really break it down into a practical application. And on the podcast, I'm not big on, um, you know, saying, Oh, you just came out with a new book. Let's come on to the podcast and let's promote it. Right. And, you know, you just came out with a new VD, new DVD, come on, come on the podcast and promote it. But the real, the reason why I really wanted to have you on the podcast to talk about this DVD, yes, we're, we're promoting it. Um, but because I think it's such a good, valuable tool for people to check out. 
And Thanks. so I want to get inside of this and, and in your own words, explain the approach of the DVD, the departments of the DVD, because I know there's, there's sort of five uh, categories in the DVD. Right. And then let's talk about some real world applications about how people can use this stuff in their own playing. Right. And that was the most important for me, too, because um, to have practical things that people can do about this subject that is often viewed so mythically and mystically and esoterically. And and as I say in the beginning of the DVD, this is maybe my main mission there to say, you know, when you hear people saying like either you have it or you don't mm-hmm. or um, it's it's a talent or maybe you're not talented or when someone says, well, I guess I'm just blessed with great time feel. I always could do it. Or my father was a musician and it's in the family. All all this kind of stuff frustrated me to the bone when I was, when I was a teenager trying to become good at this instrument and not coming from a great music city or, or um, a music heritage in my Mm -hmm. family. And uh, being in a little town in Germany, it, it um, when people modestly always said like, "Well, I I just have it," they were right. basically saying like, <laughs> "And you don't." <laughs> and, and I believed it for a while, and I was like, "Oh, this is horrible." This is because I listened to like like tape deck recordings of mine in the practice room and. And um, I was ready to throw the toaster into the bathtub, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but but over the years, I found out that this is simply not true, and mm-hmm. and, and I can do a lot of things about this. And I later, found out that I can I can work on how to explain it better. And so, this is why it took so long. I I had the idea before the um, the language of drumming actually. Oh really? And I was teaching that extensively, always. But um, and also, I have a whole drum camp about this subject. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my master session drum camps is uh, is called Time and Groove, and it's about that. And it gave me the opportunity to use students as guinea pigs, and, and right. really uh, because some things that were valuable to me, um, uh, how to there are always these two things. Like one is content. And the other is how do you deliver the content? And Mm -hmm. I knew that the content was good and helpful to me. And then the next thing was I really have to work on that. It's help to find what is helpful to others and, and maybe add something that, that maybe I didn't struggle with that much that others struggle with Mm -hmm. and how can I explain it? So they get it. And how can I explain it? Like Albert Einstein said, to make things as simple as possible, but right. not any simpler. Right. <laughs> so, so, and this was another thing too. How can I make, how can I do this subject justice? Because mm-hmm. it's, um, and, and a colleagues of mine like told me like, ah, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't do it. It's, it's, um, as some said, ah, you might take the magic out of it and right. And I don't see it that way. If, I mean, whatever helps to mm-hmm. make to, to get better music out there and to sure. make drummers sound better, it's it's great. And and the other thing is, I um, I always use the example of like knowledge cannot um, kill magicality. Right. Uh, 
it's just always a question. There are some cases where there's a lot of knowledge and no magic, mm -hmm. and then it's bad, not because there is a lot of knowledge, but it's bad because just there's because, no magic. Right. <laughs> right. So, so of course, the magic has to be there, but it doesn't get killed by... If you would see a tree that is... And you, you respect that creature of nature and, and you want to hug it and you're a hippie-ish and you think like, oh, this is amazing. You know, this is a, this is a freaking huge tree. Right. And then someone tells you this thing is 250 years old. Mm -hmm. Does that kill the respect or the love or the whatever you have for that thing? No. It's like, I, it, I would say it even enhances it. And sure. It, it, it adds to to the whole thing. And if for me, it's the same with groove that um, it is a great thing. If something really grabs you, you don't have to analyze it or you don't have to be able to. But on the other side, if it sounds bad <laughs> in the practice room or right. in a recording or a concert, um, I want to know why. And I sure. want to know exactly what this thing is. And then be able to change it and improve it and i sure. want to know which exercise i can do for it and that's what i wanted to give with this dvd to make people good in identify because there are many reasons why something uh, might not groove as well and and it's not always tempo it's not always mm -hmm. subdivision right it's like this right. is where traditional education always goes to it's like well sit down with a quarter note click and after a while after 10 years right. <laughs> it will be right. great or play it to records and this is great um, mm -hmm. but it's not everything that can go wrong and not right. everything that usually does go wrong and there are these other aspects so i think people have to be become good at diagnosing them to know mm -hmm. what it is to identify what it is and then have an arsenal of tools to say like and I take this for it, and that will solve it. Right, and, right. Um, so that's what I tried to achieve. And well, achieve it you did because you did a great job with this with this DVD. And I, and you know, to to echo what you're saying that you know when I was younger, I would listen to a record and I would say, man, it sounds so good, and yeah. I knew what they were playing. So then I would go play it. And then I listen to it. I'm like, man, it sounds so bad. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what the hell is going on? And I, and my, my time, you know, was good and, and my subdivisions are correct, but I'm like, but it just doesn't feel the way, you know, that this record does. And right. over time I, you know, sl slowly realized that it's dynamics and it's this and it's pushing and pulling and, and all of the other stuff. Um, but you sort of take, the groove and sort of break it down into all these different categories and then say, if you're lacking in this area, then you can pull from that. If you're lacking in this area, you can pull from that. And then you can, you can start to create these grooves and then apply them to a musical situation. You're not saying this is how you pull, this is how you groove. And then if, and go put this with any band and it's going to sound great. It's no, you're, you're saying, here's the tools to understand how to make music. And that's what I love about it. It's a practical application of, of groove, you know, yeah. and that's, and I think that that's what exactly what you were going for. Right. Right. Yeah. To give people the possibility to look under the hood and say like, huh, hmm, uh, which are the screws I can turn. And, and right. And this, I once read, like, I love like science stuff. I find it very comforting mm -hmm. <laughs> because whenever I think I'm stupid, I'm usually, find out that 
ah, it's because I don't know how my body works, or I don't know how my brain works, or I right. don't know how this works, and and I just and many times people say or educators say like ah. Oh, you know, kids get so frustrated with things or they are not patient enough and blah, blah, blah. But I find out it's not that people can have, can have a lot of patience if they know that the work is worth it. Right. Right. So right. If, if, um, in psychology, if you look at where frustration or even depression comes mm -hmm. from, it's these two pillars of one, the blueprint saying, this is how it should be. And it is right. not like it should be. Meaning when you play a groove or you listen, like you said, to the recording and you listen to yourself, it's like, this is horrible, <laughs> which means it's not like you want it to be. Uh, so that is one thing you need for frustration. Mm -hmm. The other is um, the strategy. So right. can I change it? How mm -hmm. can I change it? So first to know it's not like I want it to be. How can I change it? Right. And frustration or even depression comes from, it's not like I want it and I can't change it. <laughs> right. That's right, the right. worst, That's <laughs> worst place. Whether it's in a relationship or in a country or in politics or in drumming, doesn't sure. matter, right? And, mm -hmm. and so it's not that bad if it's not, I mean, every one of us works on things and has some things that he's not happy with and, mm -hmm. And that's totally fine as long as you know, like, okay, what is it exactly? What can I do about it? Right, right. And to use your analogy of a car, if you see an old beat up, you know, Pinto driving down the street and you see a Ferrari driving down the street, they're both doing the same thing. They're both right. driving. They're both getting from point A to point B. And somebody say, well, why does that car run so much better than mine? And it's like, well, they have a different engine. Oh, well, I'll put it, you know. Oh, well, let right. me put a different engine in mine. Oh, well, they have different, you know, different tires. Oh, well, right. let me put these different. Next thing you know, if you get all the things that the Ferrari has, your car is going to be running like the Ferrari. So, right. um, and so you've broken all of these parts down into, uh, into categories. You have time, feel, sound, body, and mind. Right. Um, so can we dig into them? Let's open up the hood, yeah. so to speak. And, and let's talk about these categories and, and how they, uh, how they shape groove. Yeah. Um, so after establishing or trying to convince people like, Hey, you can change something about this. Trust me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the DVD goes into the, um, time aspect, which is the one that is maybe most known, I would say in, mm -hmm. in, um, we always think like if you play to a metronome, uh, then everything should be fine. And, and I tried to, um, and it is a great exercise. I'm not, I'm not saying that you shouldn't do this exercise, but I try to um, be very exact there because, for example, a quarter note click usually leads to that you um, hit those quarter notes, almost like you're shooting at, an, at, right. a, at a target, <laughs> which sometimes leads to that the flow is not very good. Mm -hmm. So you might always arrive at the quarter note, but what's in between might be a little bit funky in terms of subdivision. And then... Uh, you are on the click, but it still sounds weird. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that sometimes happens is when you produce a band or when a band records with a click and you hear the recording with a click and it sounds okay and you take the click away, then suddenly it sounds a little weak. Right. And, and that is because in the mind of the drummer and sometimes the whole band, it's not just a drummer thing, by the way, like this whole DVD is 
I got emails from bass players and guitarists being like, oh, dude, <laughs> this is great. And so, it's, it's totally applicable for any instrument. This isn't just, a, it just so happens that you're teaching it on drums, but this can right. be used for any instrument. Right. And, and it's because like you outsource the downbeat and the pulse to this other thing, which is the click and subconsciously always ask for permission every quarter note. Right. Right. You think like, ah, oh, am I right? Ah, oh, this was too early. This was too late. Oh, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on oh, a little too early, a little too early. I'm on. And right. that mentality takes away a lot of the confidence that then has to stand alone without the audience hearing the click. Mm-hmm. So this is, uh, and confidence by the way, has nothing to do with dynamics. So you can play a very, very, um, soft brushes thing with a lot of time confidence that like where people just freak out. So it's, but it's, it comes from this, this is where the pulse is. And you know, mm-hmm. exactly there. And right. everyone who doesn't play on this sounds wrong, whether I'm wrong or right, doesn't matter. But, right. <laughs> but I have the confidence to say like, boom. Mm-hmm. And, and that comes from, um, being aware of the subdivision a lot and being aware of what's in between. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I have an exercise that's called the moving click, which, which just means you, you place the click as an offbeat or as a 16th note offbeat even, mm-hmm. um, which does two things. One is it, um, it gives you the roll back to do the downbeat. Mm-hmm. You have to play that bass drum and that snare with confidence. Can you sort of walk through this little exercise? I think it's fascinating the way that you explain it about like if you hear like the guitar part in a reggae tune and then right. how, and then the the bossa nova and all that. Can you d- explain this? Not to steal everything out of your DVD, but no, no, uh, no, that's fine. Um, so uh, the the offbeat, for example, um, first of all, what it does is um, it gives you that the driver seat back again Mm -hmm. and then you do the pulse and the downbeat and then you have the click more as a reference almost like a percussion player or something that you then can orientate yourself but it's not um it's less outsourcing kind of sure it it still feels like you have to play it you have to do Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. and what it also does is it um it forces you to hear parts of the subdivision that you might not be so comfortable with Right, and that can cause a lot of other problems. Mm-hmm. For example, if you are not as comfortable with the second sixteenth, for example, and the singer always sings on the second sixteenth, or there is a keyboard part that always does the but, always the sixteenth note offbeat thing. Unconsciously, drummers sometimes are uncomfortable with that, mm-hmm. and then what they do is they try to move their downbeat to that. Till it feels fine again. <laughs> right, right. And this is another uh, thing of, so it might be that you can play to a quarter note click perfectly, mm-hmm. but if you're not comfortable with all of the subdivision and they appear in other parts of the music, you will try to bend it towards uh, so that it sounds like on the downbeat and that will cause your tempo to vary. Mm-hmm. So, sure. So it's not because you haven't practiced enough to a quarter note click. It's then a subdivision thing suddenly. Right, right, right. And, and one of what you talk about is uh, one of the helpers um, I found out is because I got questions a lot. It's like, but I can't even hear the click on the offbeat, right? Right. So if you have the tick, tick, most people do do da, do 
But how do I hear this on the do so it's on the offbeat mm -hmm. and um and I have for each of those placements I have I call them little helpers and they are <laughs> and the, the one for the um for the offbeat for example eighth note offbeat is um you you set up a click and you try to um listen to a reggae or, or think of a reggae tune with the typical offbeat guitar mm -hmm. where it's like right this, this right, typical right. guitar and then you turn the click off and then you try to do the and then you switch the click on again on the offbeat guitar but you keep singing that beat so mm -hmm. you maybe do i mean this is now right. fast forward of course you sure uh, sure sure so i mean so the, the so the downbeat's still in the same place you're just hearing the downbeat in a different place or you're hearing the not the downbeat but you're hearing the the subdivisions differently uh the subdivision is the same the the placement of the click is now not on the quarter note anymore, but it's on the eighth note offbeat. Right. And right. you play the same beat that you practiced before, for example, or you even improvise and do fills and everything, mm -hmm. but you hear the click on the offbeat. Right. It's still a quarter note click, so you don't mm -hmm. need any like computer systems and complicated metronome apps. It's, <laughs> right. it's still, um, it still sounds like this. But you can have it on the do got do do got to do or do got do do got do or do got do do got do do got do on the on the fourth sixteenth right and or the on the third triplet and stuff like that and that really takes care of subdivision you become very aware of subdivision you get a very strong pulse and and downbeat feeling mm -hmm. and um it is amazing how much better than people can play to a click afterwards and sound very confident so this is it's it's i mean a lot of these exercises like this as well are 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 stupid and simple but but they are so effective but they work yeah and that's that's what it's all about it doesn't matter yeah. how you get there as long as you get there yeah another one that i love is out of the body chapter which is um um which has to do with breathing where mm -hmm. like a lot of times people ask themselves why they get faster in drum fills, right? Mm -hmm. This is a sickness of, of drummers that they play a groove and it fits nicely. And then the fill gets a little faster. Right. And um, if you have a couple of fills in the song, that will result the end of the song <laughs> being faster. Being faster. With every fill, you kind of get a couple of beats. <laughs> and, um, and of course, then again, you can say, oh, I practice to a quarter note click with the fills. But, Here's another thing. If you look at the body aspect of it, that's why I have these different aspects. So you can poke at the subject from different p 
points of view and right. and and kind of sharpen it. So in the body chapter, I say like, have you ever thought why your fills get faster? One might be, or the most common one actually I found is that you stop breathing. Mm-hmm. And what many drummers do is like <sighs> they breathe when they play their groove, and when they then play the fill, they're like <laughs> they close their mouth. And they do, and then, and of course, we've all been guilty of this and maybe still are at times. And, um, but what happens is when you, when you stop breathing, your body gets into vacation, uh, um, not vacation, but emergency <laughs> mode, like your body gets into emergency mode and, and is like, huh? why have we, why right. have we stopped breathing because of a fill? If this fill goes on forever, we will We're going to die. <laughs> so let's speed this thing up. You know, let's get it over with. And, right. And again, when I, when I tell this story and I, and I share this tool, people are sometimes like, they laugh and think it's funny. But then at the camps, I had the chance to, to get people sit on the drum set. They play something. We record it. So we have an AB. Mm-hmm. And, and then I say, okay, think of this. Or breathe through the fill. So if you have, like through the fill, like the right. same breathing pattern as the groove, it, it, everyone is amazed how much that puts <laughs> the fill into the same flow as, as the groove. And it's sure. such a simple tool. And, um, it's not something that where well, you have to practice for 10 years or, or a couple of months. It's, it's just one tool that you can use. And right, right. there are many like that on, on the DVD. So then we have, we went through uh, the time and the body stuff. And then I guess the feel was the stuff that was uh, the section of where feeling the, uh, the subdivisions differently, not feeling this. I keep saying that, but feeling the pulse in a different place. No, that's still the, that's still the time chapter. Um, I have an exercise on tempo there as well because that is a whole different animal as well. Mm-hmm. I have things on like playing in front of the beat or playing behind. First of all, getting a real right. definition and a reference point. There are demonstrations there mm-hmm. um, so that, again, people really know how it sounds like and then can say like, ah, so they have a reference <laughs> It was pretty point. funny when you had the, the bass, when he was playing ahead and you were playing behind right. at the same time. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> Right. And and that's the thing. Like, it's probably happened so many times too. <laughs> no, that's great because I wanted to give a reference. And the point I wanted to make there is um, that sometimes when the, when the subdivision isn't perfect, mm-hmm. but still the bass player does it exactly the way you do it or in a way that is just complementing each other, right. it can sound totally fine. Mm-hmm. So, so that is already a thing where it's not always about being like a computer and like being like perfect to a click and stuff. There are these phenomenons that when you do like work roof becomes a thing of democracy, basically. So right. when, when people do something together and it's just locking in, um, it sounds great. Mm-hmm. And then I have this example of we, we both play a note too early. And we both play a note uh, too late, like according to the click too late. Right, right. And 
and then we do the exact same thing, but I play it a little too early and he plays a little too late. Right. And then it sounds like, <laughs> like a train wreck. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I just wanted to have like these exercises and examples in there for people to, ah, to hear the difference because that will be, um, the thing that when it happens to them, they're like, ah, this is what this is. Mm-hmm. And this is what I can do against it. Right, right, right. Right. If it is bad. I mean, sometimes phenomenons like these happen and you're like, wow, it's kind of cool. And right. then it's fine. Sure, right? sure. So when everything is fine, it's fine. Right. So we got uh, time and body. So let's talk about the, uh, the feel stuff. Yeah. Well, feel is about that sometimes we focus a lot on this time aspect, subdivision, click, and in front and laid back and stuff. But like, where does this groove feeling really come from. Mm -hmm. And there are some examples like if you have something perfectly programmed, uh, that still there's something missing. There is, uh, there can be a certain feel missing. And, uh, and we then discover that, uh, you need a certain phrase, you need a, you need a space, you need, um, a certain, uh, in and out kind of like feeling. And that's the only point where I get a little bit hippie-ish on the whole, <laughs> on the whole DVD where I think it comes from. I think it comes from, uh, it's basically an outgrowth of uh, empathy, I think. Because, mm-hmm. because whenever we, we all have more like warm feelings or, or connection to living things and to things that are not living and all living things have this certain cycle, this breathing, heartbeat, and all these things in them, sure. which is a phrase. And without that phrase, life does, doesn't, does end or right. it not even is there. And, and so why do we have different feelings towards um, a metal rod or a cat or mm-hmm. a human being? And, right. and it's that rhythm thing and i think when we hear a great groove and we're just like ah (laughs) and feel like ah drawn to that i think it comes from like empathy of of thinking like ah this is some ah Mm -hmm. this uh and and feelings like trust get translated through that when when the time is very regular for example um trust begins to come in because Mm -hmm when a time is regular, the beats will come where you expect them to come. And that relaxes you and it makes you feel good. And if I also have a click example there where like the click, like always moves surprisingly, gets faster, slower. This right. is the, it's the most horrible. <laughs> there have been tests. I didn't include it in the DVD, but they have, I, I've written a lot of, or I read a lot of like science stuff regarding rhythm and blah, blah, blah. And, and one thing was they, they did a test, which is almost like a torture experiment. <laughs> I is, can't wait to hear this. Yes, yes. This, this broadcast is all about like torture in different ways, isn't it? <laughs> Torturing drummers. With, no. I, I mean, they, they have to listen to my voice all, all the time. So yeah, oh, it's no. pretty torturous. <laughs> no. Um, so they, they got people sleep deprived and right. got them into a, into a lab. And um, then a certain group of people heard, I don't know whether it was a water drop or like a wood thing beating on another wood thing, mm-hmm. but one was like, 
like really loud, but in time, right? Like in, a, in a in a steady rhythm. Mm -hmm. Those people, they didn't like it at first, right? It's like oh, this loud <laughs> kind of cracking or clacking sound, but they fell asleep, right? right? It was it was okay, and they had another test group which got impulses like this. Right. Like, totally irregular, totally, you can figure out, and they got insane. They I was going to say, that they, would drive me insane. Yeah, you can't, you can't relax in, into things like, because your mind always is surprised. And this is an extreme form of that. But if, if the tempo kind of differs and, mm -hmm. and, and people play very irregular, it on a, on a very small scale, it has the same effect. Sure. Where, sure. where, where you are like, huh, huh, huh? So this feeling or this, ah, feeling. Right. <laughs> and this, ah, feeling and this empathy thing. And there are a lot of others on the DVD, but, mm -hmm. but like all these, I think it's at least okay to be aware of them once. And when you think of them while playing, you can really think about like, am I sounding more like, <laughs> like the, the one example or the other? How much how good am I like right. creating this trust and, and sounding like a pendulum going left and right or breathing in and out. And, mm -hmm. and, and sometimes even only things like this, like make people really sound different. It's insane. Right. All right. Yeah. No, I totally agree. That, I, I was just thinking about the, the random, the random noises and the, I would be like, I'd be, it would, it would absolutely drive me insane. Yeah, it absolutely. I mean, <laughs> also, stories about people that live near a motorway mm -hmm. and they fall asleep, but they always wake up at night when there are less cars on the street. Yeah, yeah, so, I've heard stories about that. So yeah. it's it's all these things where like, how well does can the brain or like there are many other examples like wallpaper, for example. You can't relax in a room where there is always a different pattern on the wall. If really it's repetitive. Yeah, if it's a like casinos use that to to have weird weird unrepetitive uh, things on the wall keep you so, awake so you you don't want to look at it you look at the machines huh so you always get drawn towards ah okay so wow i never knew that it, yeah people use that stuff all the time because we 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 are programmed to react to these things like mm -hmm. evolution is much slower than right. <laughs> technic <laughs> technological progress so right huh i never knew that so consistency is key people that's what we need to yeah, <laughs> unless you want to drive least, people crazy yeah and at least it i mean if you're in a supporting role then mm -hmm. that is definitely a a feeling that you want to convey mm -hmm. so the next uh the next i guess section or chapter or category would be sound right yeah um those chapters came about like when because i first thought oh the time chapter that is the deal, right? That's right. the way to groove. And then I figure out, ah, there is something missing. So the feel thing, what, what about that? And then I felt, ah, but still, when I do certain things or when drummer do certain things sound-wise, um, it will affect how a groove feels. Mm -hmm. So if you um, have more bass, less bass, frequencies or if you use different instruments or a different balance within your kit um one groove and you can do that with programmed beats you can exchange sounds 
Right. You will you will get and hip hop artists and producers do that. They mm -hmm. they flip through sounds and they try to move their head, and if it doesn't feel nice, they they take another bass drum. They right. do that again. So, and certain sounds will feel different because of tone length, because of frequency, um, and that is just also something that we are never that aware of. We tune our drums and then think like, "Oh, that's fine. I'll just play every right. beat like this." And um, so, there are examples about how you balance uh, to to convey different styles. Mm -hmm. And and one that I call um, the captain, which means. For me, that in every style, there is a certain captain that really drives the ship. In jazz, mm -hmm. it's the ride cymbal. In funk, it's hi-hat and snare. In rock, it's bass drum and snare. And like that you can leave, leave away almost the other part, and still the style gets conveyed. Mm -hmm. But the real funny thing is, if you emphasize, for example, in a jazz beat, the rock captain, so the right. bass drum and snare. If you play the bass drum and snare very loud and the right cymbal very soft in a jazz beat, it is not a jazz beat anymore. Right. It is right. still the beat, but mm -hmm. it doesn't sound like jazz at all. Right. And or in on a positive note, if you apply the jazz captain to a funk groove, you will have a very interesting jazz groove. Right. And not by playing something else, which is how we like this was one of the biggest things where I like how exercises. I mm -hmm. love, like we think about the what so often. If someone says, ah, if a singer says, and they don't have the vocabulary for it, and they say, ah, I don't know. This just doesn't feel, uh, doesn't, doesn't feel right. Right. Uh, something. Uh, and you think like, okay. Uh, and we drummers then say, oh, should I, I play a different pattern on the hi-hat or right. move the snare drum to another 16. That, that might be the best drum part for the song then. Right. And sometimes it's none of that. So we change what we play. That's the first thing that comes to our mind. Instead of how we play it. Instead of, yeah, thinking like, hmm, maybe she doesn't like that the cymbals are so loud. Maybe the groove feels a certain way because I have so much high frequencies or the subdivision is so prominent. So I might lower hi-hat and, and uh, maybe it sounds like heavier then. Right? Mm -hmm. So so things like that. And and it's it's amazing how only this, if you don't change the time aspect, if you just change this, how different grooves can feel and mm -hmm. and how it almost is a forgotten art. Like I think right. guys like Gad and, and like uh, recording artists that um, really use that to a big, big extent. Stock up on your favorite Evans and Promark products this holiday season with 20% off plus free shipping using the promo code RESOURCE20. Evans drum heads are the most technologically advanced drum heads on earth with revolutionary products such as EMAD, Hydraulic, and the UV series. These Evans drum heads are designed to solve sonic problems for drummers. And don't forget about Promark drumsticks, and it's more than just a pair of sticks. It's an opportunity for all drummers to break barriers of convention and make their mark. Every Promark drumstick has been perfected with ProMatch, Promark's multi-phase weight and pitch sorting process. This ensures unrivaled consistency, not only from stick to stick, but also from pair to pair. 
And there are two unique performance pillars with Promark. You have Promark, home of their rear-weighted, performance-driven rebound and finesse lines alongside cutting-edge innovations like Active Grip and Fire Grain. Then you have Promark Classic, which is a celebration of the timeless feel, look, and straight-ahead performance of Promark's golden era. And the home of the front-weighted, power-focused forward and attack line, including Promark's iconic Shirakashi Oak. So head over to Diodario.com and use promo code RESOURCE20 at checkout. That's Diodario.com, promo code RESOURCE20. Limited one-time use per customer, and it expires on December 31st. I've been playing Zildjian Symbols since I was 16 years old, and there's a lot of reasons for that. It's the time-honored tradition of symbol making that they've been mastering for over 100 years. It's my heroes who I would always see with the logo on their symbols. It's the tonal quality. It's everything that makes Zildjian Zildjian. And it doesn't matter what style of music you play. It doesn't matter if you play rock or funk or jazz or fusion or heavy metal. It doesn't matter because Zildjian makes symbols for everyone. And you can get Zildjian symbols at Sweetwater.com. Sweetwater is a company that I've been dealing with as long as I've been playing drums. And they are my favorite music retailer, probably my favorite retailer ever. And they have great customer service. They have sales engineers who can help you make the right purchases. They have fast, free shipping. They have U.S.-based tech support. And they also have a two-year warranty on anything that you buy. So as far as I'm concerned, it's a match made in heaven. So get yourself a new pair of Zildjian symbols by going to Sweetwater.com. So if you're looking to get a new kit, you have two options. One, you can check out some pictures online. You can go to the store. You can see what they have there. You can drive to another store. You can find a couple more models and you can drive yourself insane driving all over the place trying to see what the kit that you want looks like. Or you can design yourself the perfect sonar kit using their SQ2 drum configurator. And this configurator allows you to build a kit from scratch or you can use some of their predetermined configurations and then just modify them. But you can modify everything, the sizes, the configuration, the hardware, the color, all of that stuff. And you can make it to your exact specifications. Not only that, you can get an overhead view, you can get a 3D image of it. All of that is built into the drum configurator. To build your dream sonar kit, go to sq 2 dash drumsystem.com or just google sonar sq2 you'll find it check it out the sonar drum configurator i remember watching a jeff Picaro video and he was saying that there through and it's his you know his uh instructional video and he was saying that when he was playing grooves that you know he he's playing this the pattern on the hi-hat but he's sort of like changing the nuances of it, of, uh-huh. of, of just a little bit of, of the, um, you know, the attack and a little bit of the, the accents on it and where he's played. So he's like, so it sort of gets like this, this interwoven, like, like swooping feeling. Yeah. But if you, if you didn't hear him say that and he just played it, you would be like, Oh, okay. He's playing just eighth notes on the hi hat, you know, right. and you would go to try to play it and it would sound like crap. Because, well, because you're not Jeff Picaro, not you, but, you know, (laughs) nobody's Jeff Picaro, but like, but him, you know, when he was explaining it and then you hear it and it is, it's like, and it's like, whoa, this whole thing comes to life and all he's playing, he's just playing eighth notes. And I love that stuff. That, that is stuff that even we drummers 
like you say, like if he didn't say it, like we don't, we can't pinpoint it. It's like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is, but it feels different. Right. Right. And then if we drummers already are like that, think about uh, civilians on the street. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like if, if uh, these are the most things like, this is our responsibility to say like, what can we change? So it will feel different. No one cares about whether it's 16th or whatever on the hi-hat or eighth notes or like no one cares about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, if and that's the other thing. If if a fill is not in time, that's when producers and singers will say, Ah, can you play less? Right. Because what's disturbing them is not what you play, but how you play it. How you play it. Sure. That's that how we wonder sense. why Vinnie Colayuta can get away with <laughs> so much stuff in yeah. pop records. Because it just is in such a great dynamic and such a great energy level. Like for most of us, like always the energy level goes up like skyrockets for, mm. for one bar when we do a fill and then go back. And then the singer might be like, hey, what was that? Right, right, right. But, but Steve Gadd is someone that where the fill is almost a groove variation, right? Mm-hmm. He plays a lot of different stuff, but it's, and you're like, ah, you know, that didn't that didn't cause any bump in the road, or right, 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 like right. Any any kind of hey, look at me, look at me. Sure, but it, so so that's a big thing. Is like, are we focused enough on what basically were the result is of what we do? Right, right, right. And how how it really feels what we do, mm-hmm. and that doesn't get solved with um, I'm buying a lessons pack with uh, 25 new funk drum fills, right? This right. is, this is um, like this quality thing. How can mm-hmm. you get Yeah. Sure. Totally. Uh, as a sidebar, uh, I was talking to Yost Nickel and he was, we, he was talking about how his favorite sting record is 10 summers tales with Vinnie Caluda. And I said that mine was Mercury falling. And he said yeah. that yours, that's your favorite or yeah. he was like, Benny really likes that one. And I don't, I don't like that one as much. He's like, I, I don't really like that record. I'm like, I was like, I love that record. What are you talking? He's like, yeah, I don't really like Benny likes it, but I don't really like it. <laughs> See, Yost and me, we are almost like brothers in a sense of <laughs> like when my brother, he liked a lot like uh, Steely Dan and Toto. Mm-hmm. And for the first couple of years when we still like lived together with my parents and stuff, of course, then I couldn't like Toto and Steely Dan. Right, right, so right. moved out. <laughs> and then I was allowed to, because because I just had to be like, ah, my brother likes that, I don't like that. And right. sometimes like Joost and me, we because we hang a lot and we practice a lot together and sometimes we have stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, at least, I was like, well, at least Benny's on my side with this. So thanks for being, but man, I've been, I've actually been listening to you. <laughs> I've actually been listening to 10 Summers Tales and that's a the great record too. I, like that oh, yeah. seven days tune is just like, I was actually playing that tune today and I'm just like, I could play it, but it, same thing. I'm like, I've recorded and it sounds nothing like the way that Vinny plays. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's an iconic, like those are iconic records. Yeah. Yeah. The, these are the kind of pop records where, uh, when you listen to them again and again, you still hear something new, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, you will still like them in ten years. I mean, they right. they're they're older than ten years, but yeah, 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 right. So you, I like 
any music that has that quality. And there is some pop music where that has longevity and a lot of interesting content without making mm-hmm. it complicated sometimes, right? right? It's like interesting doesn't mean it has to be complicated, but sometimes it is complicated then right. and it's interesting. And sometimes it's super simple and interesting. Well, that was like what you were saying about how Vinny Cauyuta got got away with all this stuff. Like on that Seven Days tune, he's like all over. There's like splash symbols all over and all kinds of crazy stuff. But it's so it just it just works, right? You know, because of the the way that he plays the things. Not if it, if it was all loud and and you know stepping on Sting's toes, and it would sound like crap. But the the way that he plays it, yeah, it fits. And he sometimes keeps the pulse very strong. There is a downbeat, a backbeat on the snare, mm-hmm. and then he chooses like lighter sounds, like hi-hat splashes, one tom hit or something in a weird spot, and you think like, right. wow, that's so interesting. Right. But for everyone, there is still a boost, clack, you know, where, where you think like, ah, right, I right. still feel comfortable there. He's not like tricking me into something. Sure, sure. <laughs> Although there are a couple of bars where he tricks There's up. some stuff that he does that I'm just... I kind of, I just like check out for a minute because I can't figure out what he's playing. But (laughs) so, uh, so we talked about, um, so we talked about the feel and we talked about the sound. So now next we're going to talk about the mind, right? Right. Yeah. The mind is, um, especially like a favorite of mine because it's so underestimated, I think. And so Mm -hmm. underrepresented in today's music education, I think. Sure. Um, um, that has to do with the medium a lot of times because we like to write down stuff and, and transmit music through that. Mm-hmm. But again, this is a very much a how subject and like how you think of things or what, what images you have in your mind when you play something or what you focus on can make you sound so drastically different. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really about also um using everything you have to groove sure because what we sometimes do is um and i hear that from drummers a lot or when i ask them they will they will tell you that um when they play a groove for for a couple of bars and they know that a fill comes up they usually play the groove and then think about the fill that they're about to play right (laughs) or think about that they messed up the last one (laughs) Kind of, and what, <laughs> what they should have done, and oh, damn all, I, can't, I can't do it. Uh, don't don't ah. do it on the next one. Don't do yeah. it on the next one. <laughs> that wasn't great. That wasn't how I intended. And then the question is like, who is playing the groove while you're thinking and planning and regretting <laughs> yeah. and like, like, yeah, yeah. so so like seventy percent of you and your architect, the mind that makes musical decisions and focus and everything, is somewhere else. And your muscle memory like moves and mm-hmm. plays the groove. And then you ask yourself why your grooves sound weak and don't have that much impact. It's sometimes because you don't listen to what you play in the moment, actually. Right. And 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 then of course there can be some visualiz- visualizations, which is a hard word for a German guy. Visualization. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can. You also can't say that word as well. That's no. I can see the anger and the listeners are just so they can't see you, but I can see you and I can see the anger in your face with you. That is a hard word to say. <laughs> yeah. That's what keeps me awake. Very good. 
oh, how could I? Ah, oh, this word is so hard. <laughs> um, no, so when, when you think of certain things um, while playing, like, like I said before, like a pendulum going left and right, mm-hmm. or um, it's, it's just, I mean, another thing is uh, when counting in, for example, um, some people, they count in and they don't have a real manifestation in their heads like what they're about to play mm-hmm. and for me i always air drum and always like sing the the groove in my head right. so so i don't have to start the whole machine in the first bar right which, you're already there right which is like the train is going and i just jump on it sure and you know who i've i've noticed does that a lot too is stanton moore oh yeah i've i've always you know like before every tune you always see him and he's like you know playing and then actually play like he's air drumming like you said and then coming into play yeah and it's again such a simple tool it's like hey you know this train effect in the first couple of bars is till you're at the intensity level that you want and then it kind of like settles in yeah you know four bars in and sometimes in jazz you can afford that in pop you can't i mean you just you'd have to be there from the first second and in most jazz tunes as well and so, yeah, it's a simple trick to say, like, you know what, move like you would move without sure. making a sound and then just make the sound. And then just come in. Yeah. And in my case, it has been documented many times, like on the Modern Drama Festival or on the like live DVDs of bands that I played in. You can always see me right. <laughs> when, when the guy makes an announcement or something and I'm in the back playing the hi-hat already. <laughs> oh, I don't play the hi-hat. And then, You're like one of those monkeys that's like... Right. <laughs> Right. And I'm not ashamed of it because, yeah, hey, it's whatever just the result that counts. I mean, whatever I later works, have, yeah. yeah, I later have a live record where I say like, wow, that's that's fine. I mean, or right. at least that is fine. There's usually other things that I don't like then. But right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, man, whatever, whatever works and whatever gets you there. Um, so the so the five sections of this DVD we just talked about are so you have um Times, feel, sound, body, mind, right? Mm-hmm. And so now when you take all of these, how do you suggest that people go through and practice these? Do you, do you want people to sort of cherry pick certain things out that they need to work on or more of a, a systematic approach of how you can incorporate all this stuff? Because I know that I get this question all the time. I'm sure you get this all the time too. It's, all right, there's all this information. Yeah. How, do I, how do I practice it? How do, right. I, how do I start to apply this stuff? And you have a lot of, practice techniques in the DVD. Um, but how do you suggest that people structure the practice? Not what to practice, but how to practice it. Yeah. Uh, I'm a maniac regarding that stuff. Um, I have a whole drum camp about this, like practicing efficiency and stuff. Right. And Uh, you talked a lot about it, uh, in the other, in the other interview that we did. So if anybody wants to check that out, uh, they can go to drummersresource.com forward slash session 52. So, um, so you really go into detail about that, but specifically with this stuff, um, I didn't, sorry to interrupt you. No, no, no. Fine. Um, I think with that DVD, I would say watch it through just Mm -hmm. once if you want. And, um, and, and then pick out like two or three things that you will work on for the next couple of weeks. Right. And the most important thing with this kind of stuff is uh, that you make before and after recordings. Mm-hmm. Because this is stuff that uh, you might fool yourself in both directions. 
Sure. Uh, you might think like, oh, this is already great. <laughs> and then it's not. Or you might think like, oh, there, nothing has changed. This is stupid. Right. right. And then you, but then if you can listen to, okay, I'll play just the groove. Then I do this breathing exercise, for example, for a while, or I think of something for a while, or I, I start the groove with this uh, air drumming thing. And then you record it again. And then you can compare like the recording from half an hour ago and from now. And I think you will be quite amazed like what happens with that stuff. And, right. and the thing is, like with always, if you spread your powers <laughs> and too thin right. uh, over too many um, uh, subjects, you will make progress, but it's sometimes uh, you can't measure it. Right. And this right. is basically what lets motivation go away because motivation is always the why. Mm-hmm. When you get up in the morning and you get your running shoes on and you think like, you know what? I should better like have breakfast now. I don't want to, I don't, I don't feel like going for a run. Right. You, right. You then basically I was like, why should I now go for mm-hmm. a run? And, but if you have the why constantly, if you show yourself your progress constantly, discipline becomes obsolete. If right. you really have a good system that will reliably always prove to you change that you make and not only change because change is automatic, but progress is not right. And, and like your progress, um, then it's like, okay. And, and a way to do that is to really measure it before and mm-hmm. after and to focus on like three, I think three is a magic number for that. Like three sure. subjects. If you have an hour, 15 mm-hmm. minutes, one thing, five minutes rest, 15 minutes, the other thing, five minutes rest, 15 minutes, the third thing. And, um, and then you can really see like stuff like that stuff happens and right. you do it by, um, turning off your mobile phone and, and it, I often get asked like, is, is like, is the, is the iPhone, is, is it a great practicing tool? And I always say, yes, if you turn it off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I'm not saying I don't want to bash any, like there are great apps out there and right, right. you should use them. But I'm, I'm meaning like uh, how many people get frustrated because they think, man, I'm practicing this for half a year and I don't get any better. It's like, well, if you subtract all the phone calls and the emails and the drinking right. uh, water and uh, adjusting gear, worshiping gear, Right. something else just to feel better mm-hmm. and uh coming 10 minutes late in the practice room and right. th- like if you subtract all of that you will then find out that you know what for that amount of practice <laughs> the progress is actually pretty good right you're like, like i'm there for an hour a day but i'm only practicing about three minutes a day right. so that's probably yeah. why i'm not getting that much better there is a system called time logging it gets used in in companies like mm-hmm. they go uh, through, like they go through offices and see like, oh, how how far away is the printer? How far away is the toilet? And right. and then they measure how how long they need to go to the toilet. Da, da, da. Right. And then they figure out, wait a second, you know, mm-hmm. the guy needs a day, twenty minutes, throwing stuff away, going to the printer. If we get his desk near the toilet, get the printer underneath his his desk. And it saves X amount of time. It saves 20 minutes of time. 
So right. when I did that the first time with my practicing, I figured out that, wow, there's a huge improvement there uh, in terms of uh, setup time, in terms of remembering where I was. Right. right. Like in terms of warming up, I always mm. thought like, ah, oh, just play a little to get inspired to find out what I want to practice. <laughs> right. And then the practice time was over. And that's the thing. You can use all of those systems um, that get used for other things, for pro athletes, for companies. But right. they usually don't get used on us because we don't have the money. Right. <laughs> So, but yeah, but they still work. And sure. So, what's your, what is your, what's your, um, not necessarily your, your routine, but what is your, uh, your system that you use? Well, I have this system where I have, um, I do a pie, like I, I write down qualities that I want my playing to have. Mm-hmm. These are very basic, but um, they, they would sound like sound, time, independence, coordination technique, hand technique, foot technique, um, repertoire, musicianship, which for me means uh, making sting, uh, making stuff like context fit. Mm-hmm. And uh, songwriting, like this is even like for my whole artistic kind of journey, it's, it's a right. list of things that I want to focus on regularly. And I look at the list regularly and think like, what can I do in that? First of all, where, where do I stand? Mm-hmm. So I give myself a grade from zero to 10 in every one of them. And, uh, and then I work on those that are the lowest uh, and those I select. And then I select an exercise for each one of them that I want to focus on for the next three months. Mm-hmm. And, um, then I set a clear goal. It's like, because how can I measure after three months, whether I succeeded, made progress or not? Is it a tempo right. thing? That's the easiest, Right. right? Or is it a sound quality? Is it um, maybe a, a body quality for, for like, I'm struggling with this at this tempo. Right. And I play it at the same tempo in the end of the three months, but I will be super relaxed and can count the quarter note while doing it or whatever. Right. So right. I, write, I write the exercise down and I write the criteria down. So for me, it's always what is played and then the quality. Like, and, and many people only measure the, what is played by Mm -hmm. saying page 48, right? And then it's a little better to say page 48, tempo, blah, blah, blah. But it's even better to do page 48, this and that tempo, da, 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 with that and that sound quality, uh, and I feel like that and stuff. Sure. And I do that. I write that down. I make my before and after recordings mm-hmm. and then I, there's a big party always when I <laughs> have, <laughs> have the, have the check recording at the end of the three months. It's almost like an exam I have for myself. Right. right. And it's silly and it's great. And I get nervous before I do it. It's stupid. Right. But I, I don't think it's stupid though. Ah, uh, but it works. It works. I'm like a school uh, right. child. Then I, I, I practice before I record it and, <laughs> and I, and I, and I do it the, the day before I practice extra hard, you know, right, so right. it's, but so, and then I listen to that recording and sometimes it's not as I don't reach my goal. I mm-hmm. don't reach what I set out to do. Um, but then I listen to the recording of the first time I practiced and I can 
see the difference and hear the difference. Right, right. And that is always like great. Mm-hmm. That is usually then I like okay, right. <laughs> I'm I'm not working tonight. I'm watching a movie or I'm <laughs> nice. So how many hours do you typically practice a day? Um, that changed rapidly. Now I had a I had a I had a huge drought because I had a studio that was far away, and now I have this little little house here rented and I have my studio in my basement now. Awesome. So I spend a lot of time in the last couple of weeks um, practicing and playing, I have to say. Um, Mm -hmm. I separate between playing and practicing. Sure. Like playing is going down there, having fun, listening, playing to an album. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Practicing is really like figuring stuff out that I can't do already that I really have to build up in that process that we talked about. Right. And so, yeah, honestly, I did a lot more playing than practicing, but um, I now try to get in like maybe three, four times a week, an hour till three hours, something yeah. like that. So um, I can't do it every day. Um, and sometimes there are weeks where I, because I have a little son and, sure. and I love to spend time with him. And, and so... And yeah, but I always feel I could and should practice more. And, well, that's, and th- that's more. like the plague of every drummer, you know, right. we're like, oh, I should be practicing. And I used to have a sign above my couch at my old house that said you should be practicing. So every time I laid down, <laughs> I would see it. <laughs> that yeah. is very German of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Guilt. Guilt yeah. is the main motivator. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there's like signs all around on my refrigerator. It says you're fat and like, you know, oh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. God. But no, I did have that. I had that sign uh, above my above my couch for years. Oh, years. Wow. Yeah. So if I'd lay down and like watch TV, I'd look up and I'm like, all right, okay. and I'd go hit the pad for 20 minutes or a half hour or something like that. So <laughs> sometimes or sometimes I would just close my eyes. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, well, Benny, thank you for, for doing this again, man. I, I appreciate it. Um, like I said, you, this, you're only the second person that's ever been on the podcast twice. So I really do appreciate thank so that. Thank you for putting this amazing DVD together. It is, it's great. I encourage anybody out there to, I told Benny before we were on that I watched the DVD three times already. Uh, I plan on watching it more and, uh, and, and really putting some of these extra, all of these exercises into practice myself. And if you're interested in getting the DVD, you can go to his website bennygreb.de and or bennygreb.com however you want yeah oh either one will get get you there okay and we're going to give away one dvd so if you're interested in trying to win a dvd from benny go to drummersresource.com forward slash benny b-e-n-n-y and there'll be uh, a place just add your email address and if you're the lucky winner then benny will send one out to you and uh yeah. Again, thank you so much, Benny. Big and pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate it. And if there, you have anything else to add, please feel free. Um, no, I'm happy. You're good. <laughs> yeah. Good to I, hear that you're I, happy. The, the only thing is maybe uh, uh, you can check out my drum camps. Uh, um, people are. The, the reason I say this is because the most emails I get is of people that are afraid that they're not, not good enough or some don't know whether the camps in Germany will be in German or right, in right. Russian or whatever. It's like <laughs> they will be in English 
There is no competition there. Everyone is welcome. It's right. really relaxed and nice, and you're very welcome there. So, so is your DVD only in English? Uh, it is in English with uh, a voiceover in German. Oh, okay. So yeah, I wasn't wanna, sure if... If you want to polish your German, you can select the German uh, thing and... Oh, cool. Cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure like if you did it in English and in, you did it in German as well, so... Because no, I obviously I mean, have... All my products well. are, are, are usually... Because they're international, they're, it's all in English. And sometimes, mm -hmm. if I can, I get an extra version of German for for my uh, countrymen. But right. um, uh, usually, like no one has to be afraid that they won't understand it because everything, right, right. like my website, right. my Facebook, my Twitter, sure. Instagram, everything is in English. So. Yeah, I just got back from Thailand, and everything there is all the tours and everything are in English because I, I guess it's the universal language, you know. But yeah. it's just weird, but. I'm basically like Thailand in that respect. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I'm going to put this quote out that just says, Benny Greb, I'm basically like Thailand. <laughs> in that respect, I said. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but we're going to put it like that. We're gonna, I'm going to put it out there for everyone to see. <laughs> Benny, thanks again, man. I really do appreciate it. Again, great job on the DVD. Um, I'm stoked and I encourage anyone out there, go to Benny's website, pick up the DVD. You will not be sorry. Thank you so much. Absolutely, man. And uh, let's keep in touch and maybe we'll do the, the three-peat sometime. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Benny. Thanks, man. All Bye -bye. right. See you. There you have it. The one, the only Mr. Benny Greb. And you can grab the show notes by going to drummersresource.com forward slash session 639. And man, I just love Benny Greb. He is a gift from the from the drumming gods for sure. And he has a great way of just explaining things and has a great way of approaching things and breaking it down. And I, I really love that. And if you want to find out more, obviously go to his website and grab the DVD or grab the video, uh, the digital version. It's called The Art and Science of Groove. I promise you this thing will blow your mind. So check that out. And again, go to drummersresource.com forward slash session 639 for the show notes. And other than that, that's all I got. So until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening and I'll be talking to you soon. Peace. Drummer's Resource is produced by Revoice Media. Executive producer Nick Ruffini, that's me, edited by Justin Thomas, video editing by Tomas Shannon, and graphic design by Catherine Wade. For more music and entertainment podcasts, be sure to check out revoicemedia.com.